Hello, everybody, and welcome back to TheBestDoorProds.com, movies and television podcast. Apparently the only podcast we do anymore. Oh, God. Yeah, sorry, sorry. about that, everybody. Um, last couple weeks have been uh, nightmarish in terms of just scheduling and then everyone having, you know, like, real shit to do. Yeah, I, I apologize. Life, life finds a way. To fuck us. Yep. Uh, the world's uh, been getting a little too real recently, so I could use this. Yep, yeah, so we're here, talking about fucking movies and shit. It's a caveman. Why is it always me? Oh yeah, because I'm the only other host. Yeah, I'm fucking working on it. <laughs> I don't mind. Like, I've run out of fucking Reddit people to ask, because everybody on Reddit is fucking wise to my schemes now. <laughs> no one's fucking talking to me on Newgrounds anymore. Newgrounds gave me Nico, and that was it. You know what annoys me? What's that? That there has been a Dungeons and Dragons television show, but no Shadowrun television show. Yeah, yeah, actually, like Shadowrun like, is a Shadowrun is a, a fucking great wealth of inf- as a wealth of fucking material. It's a great world set. It's got that gritty edge that everybody wants. Like, how has there not been a Shadowrun television show? Actually, let me see if there was a Shadowrun TV show because I feel like there had to have been. I think the closest we've, I think the closest we've gotten is everybody making jokes about how bright is basically just Shadowrun, but infinitely worse. There's been a bunch of fan-made Shadowrun TV shows. Yeah, like yeah, like web series. From what I know, the only non-tabletop Shadowrun things have been Shadowrun, the point-and-click RPGs, and Shadowrun, that one Xbox 360 fucking first-person shooter. We don't talk about that. Assuming that's actually based on the game? Uh, I have no idea, actually. (laughs) Um... But I know that if it was on the X- Xbox and I didn't play it, then it wasn't Shadowrun. Um, but no, there was also the SNES um, version, which was actually a really solid version. Uh, ha- gave you a lot of freedom, a lot of versatility. Though I don't think you could play as a rigger, which always makes me mad. Okay, so it was Shadowrun based on that game. Uh, it, yeah, it came out in 2007 on Games for Windows Live and Xbox 360. That explains why I never heard of it, because it was on Games for Windows fucking live. It was inspired by Counter-Strike. Fucking shit biscuits. Anyway. Now, the reason I say this is because there's actually um, something that I'm going to get to later, but that I remembered that I rewatched. It's the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. But first, I have to talk about something that Dead Man got to talk about last time we were on, and I promised I would do my damnedest to find a way to watch it, and I did... That's right. I got to groan at the fucking gorilla jokes in Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Yeah, baby. Oh, my God. Welcome to being an adult Power Rangers fan. No, but the thing is, it (laughs) feels like 
it's doing all of the things that are important to the Power Rangers to an Xth degree. Yeah, that's, like, that's 100% fair. Like, first episode, the fight takes place at the juice bar. The fight between asshole and main character. Right, yeah, they, the karate. That takes place, that takes place at the juice bar. <laughs> I was watching it with Birdie, and I was like, hold up, pause. Rewind, zoom in. That's the juice bar. Enhance. Because <laughs> they never focus on the name, which is the right thing to do. Yeah, Have your just, reference be subtle. Yeah, they just used the same set, basically. Well, I don't think it's the exact same set, but it, Close it really it it felt like the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, only just with we a kind of flip some of the roles a little bit. Yeah, I make one of them way more of a butthole. Yeah. And boy, howdy, did they kind of like turn into the skid with like, and these two are negative personality traits that might be redeemable. For our two villainous rangers. But that was another thing that they did that was great. They actually gave our villains some kind of personality. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so often, especially with other rangers, with evil rangers, we just get, and they're evil. (laughs) And I am a bad guy. One thing I actually like about these evil rangers... We're not going to get the, and they turned into good guys. No, nah, they're going to fucking die, and then the, and their fucking counterparts are going to come alive and become the new rangers. Whatever. I, I don't care about that. Uh, what Something. I care about is... Well, no, see, the thing is, they can't, because we already have a red and yellow ranger, and their powers are based on the red and yellow rangers. Yeah, oh no, if only there was some way to make more rangers. Hey, too much pr- a pink energy is dangerous. That applies to all the other colors as well. If only if only we knew that there was going to be a bigger team later. Yeah, but I don't want either of those assholes on that team. Well, I could take the chick. Who's ready first? She actually yeah, she actually seemed like she might have a decent personality. Um, <laughs> it, that must fucking suck for that guy. Like, I'm going to be the Red Ranger. No, I was in a coma for fucking seven months while a person who looked exactly like me terrorized the world. Hey, I'm back. I'm going to join the Rangers. Wait, no? Why? <laughs> oh, no, I don't have any friends either. How did you have friends before? I but, don't. Um, a fucking work? They were work friends. I have to come. I have to talk about this. The weaknesses suck. It's, it's, it's not even that they, oh, it was just for the fun. They actively counteracted almost all of the weaknesses in the same episode in which they were introduced. There is no point to them at all. Yeah, yeah, actually. Like, it was, hey, one-off joke that we're going to treat with some kind of drama. And it's Power Rangers. You know they'll have forgotten about them by the next episode. Yeah. But it's... So here's the thing. It's infuriating. So, so, here's, so here's what I remember. You have it more fresh in your mind, so you might remember it better. So with the girl, it was just a straight up just, hey, here's a solution. Eat carrots. Oh, that... I'll I'll rant about that in a minute because her powers piss me off the most. With the gorilla, wasn't wasn't the thing just like, hey, just don't be mad. If he overheats, he he goes berserker. Yeah, so what was the solution that they gave for that? Like, they they didn't actually give him any kind of solution. Stay cool. Keep it cool. Yeah, that just, was their solution. Yeah, just that. Nothing like we're like nothing like, hey, we fucking modified your suits. There's like fucking ice pipes running through it, or hey, have a fucking Capri Sun or whatever. 
And, and then, they didn't even do anything for the Red Ranger, but you know it's not going to come up. No, yeah. The Red Ranger's thing is just, it's just, hey, he's looking at a dog. Don't. Okay, so let's start in order with the problems I have with their powers. Blue gets a pass. I could actually see the argument behind it. Because it's not like it was actually from the gorilla DNA. It was a corruption of the DNA. So I could see overheating causes him to go into like a rage frenzy kind of thing. That I'm okay with. Yeah, it's like Rampage. Red. Big cats don't fear canines. They eat them. But he's a kitty. And kitties don't like dogs. He, he's a cheetah. Yeah, that's just Fuck a that. Yeah, that's just, that's like, just, I can't even, just a, I can't even accept the perversion of the <laughs> animal DNA there. Because it makes no goddamn fucking sense. There are a number of other options that they could have given. They could have given him the burnout. Because cheetahs actively suffer that. Yeah. Five it's, seconds of Googling. I, I'm going to do it right now. No, yeah, I remember, I remember back in the day, like watching fucking like nature shows. It was like, yeah, cheetahs, they get this fucking they get like this burst of speed. It's fucking awesome. It lasts for about five seconds, and they're just fucking dead tired. Literally, the first thing that I googled, right there, top of the thing, cheetahs unable to outrun the danger. What the fuck? Like, th- that would have been a good weakness for him. Yeah, just uses his super speed too much, and all of a sudden he gets incredibly lethargic and is forced to demorph. Yep, but nope, they gave that to the rabbit, who sh- actively should have the fear problem. Yeah, actually, she's a- Because rabbits are afraid of everything. Rabbits are prey animals. And, okay- I've seen clips of Watership Down. We're, we're on it now. Let me explain to you- what I hate about the rabbit. Okie doke. I actively like the idea behind anthropomorphized rabbits and frogs as warriors. And I like it for the same reason. I like it because every motherfucking idiot out there thinks all they can do is jump. But if you actually look at it and the leg strength that it takes to propel a, ma- a mass of that size that distance that quickly they could kick through fucking concrete but also, no one ever thinks about that also just like calling back to Watership Down for a second something that no one ever really does is this may or may not be a real thing but I like it as an idea the reason, like, in the religion of Watership Down, the reason rabbits have survived up until now, despite the fact that every single animal wants to kill them, is the fact that rabbits are fast and incredibly cunning. I could see that. So, so if so if it had been a thing of, like, all right, yeah, she goes out there, and then, yeah, she has a leg thing, but then also she's able to, like, fucking work around problems in a way that no one else can. And the power thing, that's more of a problem, I'm going to assume, with the Sentai. Since the powers only take place in in morphed form. Yeah. But that doesn't forgive the Sentai. <laughs> Five seconds of Googling. How do you feel about the Danny DeVito rabbit? Eh. It's it's whatever. Yeah, just, hey, I'm a fucking rabbit, but I don't like being called cute, so get fucked. I'm the trash man. I, I also, like... 
And then we get to her weakness. <laughs> Rabbits eat other things than carrots. As a matter of fact, they have a very wide and varied diet. If you really wanted her to be like, yeah, and you're running out of energy, so you need to eat something, they should have given her a protein bar made of insects. Because that's what a rabbit would really eat to regain its energy quickly. Or maybe just some stock sugar. Because that's what a rabbit would eat to really regain its energy quickly. No, they give her the most cliched rabbit item of them all. It's Power Rangers. The only thing they could have done to make it worse was have her say, what's up, Doc? And it really annoys me because I liked the character. And I say liked because they made her incredibly annoying that episode. <laughs> Just like they did with Blue. I liked Blue. But they made him incredibly annoying that episode. Yeah, also, I realized something. What's that? We're shy two rangers. Yeah. And they've made a point of recognizing that the Balkan Skull characters. Oh, are... fuck. Yeah, you got it. God damn you it. You know where I'm going. <laughs> if they end up on the fucking team, I am going to shit just blood. There are a lot of people who are mad that Balkan Skull were never made rangers. This, this won't help. Seems, this season seems like it's trying to, air quotes, fix a lot of previous mistakes. That is... N no. Like, the reason that people are pissed that Bulk and Skull weren't rangers is because they had character development that showed them gradually going from shit bullies to legitimate heroes. Yeah, and... If, if, I, you, if you just I, take... I, I, have to give, I have to give it to these characters. While they have... Like, the boy has been shown to be a coward, he's also the first one to run into danger to help Red. Yeah, they... They try. It's just they're fucking annoying as hell. Yeah. It's it's like actually, like you said, they took the best and worst aspects and amplified them to like to the nth degree. Like this is the heroic side and the fucking like, this is the heroic and the annoying sides of Bulk and Skull amped up in a degree that makes that makes all of it stand out so much more and makes it all so much worse. It's like with Bulk and Skull, that was a character arc that lasted for like five fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. This is episode one. Hey, you hate these people. Now like them. Well, no, they never seem to hate them. They just. No, 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 to, to the audience. They were competent. Oh, yeah, the audience. Yeah. Yeah, because um, unless you are. Unless you are really into synth jazz or on crack, no one will like these characters. So, there's another issue that I have. Why do the robot's heads have to go into the crotch space? Because, yeah. They got it. Did they not think that would be weird? I like the swords. I like the swords. I like how the swords work. Though I still don't understand why Blue has a garbage truck. Because um, he's the trash man. <laughs> that was trash in the ring and eats it. Oh, God. <laughs> I've been trying to watch more Always Sunny. Just for anyone out there wondering. I really don't like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do. 
<laughs> it really bothers me. <laughs> oh, it's all get addicted to crack. <laughs> oh man, but so I watched the first two episodes, and I really like it. Like. All of the action is good. All of the acting is good. They just have one giant, glowing, glaring weak point. And that is the comedy. Yeah. Yeah, the comedy the in this comedy, is... The comedy fails so hard. Yeah, they are... It's... It's a very, it's very, it's much more pronounced than it usually is in Power Rangers. That's kind of saying something. It's also much more juvenile. Yeah, it's a lot of just like really simple, like bullshit slapstick. Yeah, it's not good. Now, something that was unintentionally funny that since we're already talking about Power Ranger, I feel I should talk about. Super Sentai Mega Ranger. This was the uh, Power Rangers in Space Sentai. Okay. Uh, Birdie and I have watched a grand total of two episodes of it. I don't think we're going to be watching any more. Nice. We might be, but I doubt it. So, I don't quite remember the first episode, but the basic premise is... Evil extra-dimensional aliens are coming to invade the Earth. As you do. So, so scientists have created a program to test for potential, potential rangers. And I guess to make money, they put it out there so that everybody could play the game. Like, it might have been to find potential, like, successors out in the real world. I don't know. Uh, so, quite so, so the so the Mega Ranger is just the last Starfighter. Yes, uh, especially because they go to space. Yeah, yeah, actually, fuck that works way better than I thought it did. <laughs> I am a genius. Um, so they unintentionally recruit a bunch of teenagers, and it's the best thirty for fifteen we could get. Wait, how do you? You release a video game and then you're surprised you get teenagers. I think I don't think they, the teenagers are actually the ones that were selected. I think it was an accident. Um, My point stands. You release a video game and you're surprised to get teenagers. But... Like, have you ever seen an Evo stream? My biggest issue with it is how just unlikable everything is our main the the like the zordon for the team his subordinate says can't we just make more suits i mean these are teenagers and he says like wiping his forehead ah let the youth try and break through like <laughs> are you fucking mental i know that's the point of power rangers that we let teenagers do stupid shit but are you mental man You've so, got trained soldiers who actually know about the powers that you've given them, so you don't have to teach them on the fly. Oh, my absolute favorite explanation. Okay, so he's going down the list of what everybody's powers are. 
It's like, you have a satellite, so you can link up with satellites. You have a camera, so you can do camera shit. You got a cell phone. Fucking cell phone. You got some <laughs> other thing that I don't quite remember. And then he gets to Red, and Red's like, what's my power? And he turns to him and says, you don't have any powers. <laughs> Wait, what? He turned to Red and said, you don't have any powers. And it's just like, just like utter defeat. I loved it. And then he was like, because you're a PC, you can be programmed with any power. And I'm like, motherfucker, don't pump fake me. Yeah, that Don't make the- me think that you just wrecked this bitch. <laughs> yeah, that would have that been great. To just go into a Power Rangers series and it's like, all right, yeah, Blue Ranger gets this, Yellow Ranger gets this, Pink Ranger gets this. All right, what do I get? I don't know, you punch good. <sighs> Bye. And, just, and now, the guy just this, leaves. This series doesn't seem to understand where it stands. Which is kind of a similar thing for uh, Beast Morphers. Because it seems to want to play the lighthearted humor right next to the, hey, we're going to destroy the world. So, I don't know what's going to go on there. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll probably end up like not actually watching any more of it until it all comes out. Mm, uh, it's entirely dependent on my schedule whether I'll watch any more of it. So, on to the thing that I teased at the beginning. Dungeons and Dragons, the TV series. That was a thing. Yeah, it was. A thing people remember fondly, apparently. I don't quite get it. (laughs) I don't get why people remember it fondly. Because from my memory, there was like, there were like two useful people and then a guy who should have been the most useful who did nothing. Yeah, I right here. Uh, I've got the I've got the Wiki- Wikipedia up. But I remember the ranger and the like barbarian chick, or is she the barbarian child? Yeah, the barbarian child did most of everything. I remember the acrobat trying to do stuff and never succeeding. The thief never using her get her actual item right. And then Presto, who is the fucking wizard. Wizard. Never does anything. Yeah. I'd... Like, he has the robe of useful items ad infinitum in his hat. And he never uses it. Was this like, was this like a D and D era or like what what era of D and D was this? I think this was a D and D because nineteen eighty three. Oh, that would be the third edition. That was third edition, really? Yeah, um, I don't remember Acrobat being in third edition. Yeah, a D and D was seventy seven to seventy nine. Wait, sorry, D&D basic set third version. Okay, yeah, there you go. It wasn't third edition. Yeah, the red box. Third third version of the red box. Yeah, and my, my, my absolute favorite was the Dungeon Master, though, because he was an absolute piss take the entire time. Because like he's he's the dungeon master, and it's always like vague quest. Your lives will be in danger. You got to do some shit. Woo! <laughs> Honestly, he was the biggest bad guy. But 
Yeah, that's he was the biggest bad guy. That's kind of how it always goes. I mean, he's the DM. We've both DM'd for each other, man. We we know how this works. Hey, I'm not the bad guy. I'm trying to tell a story alongside of you. I just create the bad guys to kill you. Exactly. Oh, man. According to the Wikipedia, there's actually an unmade series finale in which he proves that he can just, at any time, return the kids to their home world. (laughs) 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 That is the greatest thing I have ever read. Oh, my God. So, just quick. So... The setup for the series is these kids get sucked into D&D. Oh, no, it's not even that. They go on a fucking funhouse ride and wind up in the D&D realm, like, in their gear. Okay. So, that happens, and then the whole thing is, we need to go home. We need to get home. And the DM is like, hey, yes, I'll fucking get you home, but you got to do this bullshit but for first, me. first, you must defeat Venger, the evil nah. Tiamat for some reason, and get a unicorn. I don't fucking know. I'm just throwing yeah. shit at the page to keep you gotta do all this shit. This is a fucking, this is a fucking uh, ad-lib game. I didn't have anything prepared. I'm not that good a DM. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. I'm not saying you, I'm saying this guy. Oh, yeah, no, he's a terrible DM. <laughs> like, his players are all terrible, too, because they keep forgetting he gave the magic items at level one. I'm like, just the gonna... only ones who use them are the fucking ranger, the barbarian, and the acrobat. And the acrobat's magic item is garbage. What's it do? It's a magic staff that can grow and shrink. So it's the fucking... Oh, no, sorry. Uh... It can shrink to inches from inches to up to six feet. Yeah, that's trash. So it's it's literal garbage, and she uses it effectively. Yet Presto only ever uses his fucking hat to get them in trouble. The thief only ever uses her magical cloak to get in trouble. Like, oh my god! So it sounds like two. So it sounds like two characters are actually trying to play D and D, and the rest are just kind of like murder hoboing, but not murder because it's a children's cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. Uh, Captain Complaining McUseless Pants um, does have a magic shield that lets him project a force field. I don't think he ever does anything with it. Oh, he also winds his ass into becoming the. I remember that episode. There was an episode where he whined his ass into becoming the dungeon master, which meant that he, like, like got all of the dungeon master's powers. But I guess he didn't realize that he could immediately transport all of them home. Yeah, like, that would be the first fucking thing. It's like, oh, I have the power of God. Um, we go home. Hey. Like, fucking short-sightedness in the DM right there. Mm-hmm. It's all right. You know what? You want to fucking do it? Okay. That you would, have DM powers now. Me, Fuck what? To, to give you an example, that would be like you giving control to James and James <laughs> actually making the right decision. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I look forward to his game. Yeah, that's going to be fucking I think it's going to. I think it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be absolutely beautiful. <laughs> 
for those who, for those who aren't in the joke, me and Caveman are in a D and D game with uh, Alex from the Games Podcast and James, just kind of general a rounder. Doesn't really have like a specific position or place around here. He just kind of is wherever he wants to be or wherever I let him. Yeah, I've been playing that for a while now. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. The story is great. Yeah, I... they're currently going to murder somebody. I am finally going to get revenge. Like but no, hard like, murder. Like the best part is, I don't know how this actually got three seasons. Because it was such hot garbage, and D&D wasn't popular enough to merit yet. It was not. Oh my god, the bad guy is the Dungeon Master's son? Yep, I just read that Oh too. my god, that makes it even worse. <coughs> that makes me feel like this is like 15-year-old's like, Hey guys, we're gonna play with D&D, and my dad's gonna DM. And the dad's just like, you want to be the most powerful one, right? Yeah? Okay, you're the villain. Cool! <laughs> I'll just give you all of the good stuff. Yeah, and then fucking Tiamat. Just Tiamat's there. I've done that. Just straight I've up. T- I've thrown Tiamat in as a villain. Just straight up. <laughs> real fucking straight god. And Only they Venger. definitely dumped her down. Yeah, and then fucking Venger. Venger? Venga Boys? Doesn't matter. The Force of Evil. Yes. Get ready for the most for the most dreaded villain of all time. The Venga Bus is coming. <laughs> See, now I want to put Venger into a game. Like, <laughs> and have him be like, Hi, I'm Venger. Nice to meet you. I'm the most helpful character in the game. <laughs> and then he just kills them all. That's just how I end the yeah, game. Just kills helps him, helps him, helps him, stab. But no. If Dungeons and Dragons could get this shitty-ass cartoon made about it, why can't we get a shitty-ass Shadowrun cartoon? I want a good one, but I'll take a shitty-ass one. Come on, people. Okay, so what we're going to need to do... Give me the rigor villain that everybody hates because he never actually shows up to the battlefield. Give me the Decker who's constantly afraid of getting hurt and whining about it. Give me the fucking street samurai who's almost a cyber zombie but hanging on to that last shred of his humanity. And therefore he was super emo, edgy, dark. So here's what we need to do. And then give me the wizard who's just like, I'm a wizard, motherfucker. Here is what we need to do. I'm pretty sure the reason... That this cartoon kind of happened was because while D and D was not popular, people were talking about it because of Satan. Oh yeah. So what we need to do is we need to start up a new cyber satanic panic. Yes, let's do it. Let's do this. If you play Shadowrun, you will summon the de- you'll summon Satan, and he will. No, no, no. Fuck no. We'll, we'll, com- we'll combine all of uh, all of the Republicans' biggest fears. <laughs> if you play Shadowrun. Over social media, you will summon a cyber Satan that will infect all of the computers and reveal everyone's darkest secrets. And somehow he came here from Mexico. <laughs> oh no, obviously he he exclusively arrives on Dia de los Muertos. Word. <laughs> Such a piss take. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, how's that caravan Forget. doing, you fuckers? <laughs> don't even don't 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 talk to me about that. They're please. not fucking listening to this, dude. Don't talk to me about it. Please. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. Talking to people not listening to this. So, um, yeah, I actually kind of okay. The few of you who are listening, hashtag cyber satanic panic. And like, if anybody asks about it, that's when you start telling them. Start spreading the word. Spread the that lore. We're just, that we're just trying to get Shadowrun a TV series. <laughs> People think Shadowrun in the basement of pizzerias, that's where Satan happens. But on to the final thing that I want to talk about. Um, so, when I was a kid, it was very difficult for me to actually watch horror movies. Not because my mom didn't want me to or something like that. In, in fact, my mom actually, I think, showed me one of my first horror movies, which, uh, to sound like a snob, was the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's in black and white and everything. Yeah. But, um... My first horror movie was Child's Play. Nice. But, um... So... One of the first horror movies that I got to watch was the TV miniseries, It. And I am not ashamed to admit that as a child, that instilled in me a fear of clowns that I have only gotten over in the past decade. Lucky for you, I still haven't. Now, whenever I hear about evil clowns, I still freak the fuck out. But that's mostly because, like, serial killers dressed up as clowns. Yeah. They're, they're a problem. Now, the moment I realized that I was afraid of clowns, I then did everything I could to try and counteract this fear. Did you, did you become a clown? Yes, actually. Fucking goddammit. <laughs> my, uh, my, my elementary school uh, was trying to do some after-school programs. And one of them was a crocheting class, which I signed up for because I'm gay, obviously. Uh, and the other one was a clown school where they taught, teach us the basics of clownery, buffoonery. And at the end of the school year, we held a little uh, fundraiser for uh, the food bank. Uh, with we, we, did our, we did our own little circus. Yeah. Um, I was the only one who fit in the oversized pants they provided. That's a joke. That's a joke, people. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was gonna say. That's that's a direct <laughs> rip from The Simpsons. Um, and I'm sorry to anyone out no, there uh, who has to hear me cough so One of the things I did was, uh, there was a channel yeah. called UPN. I don't know what those letters stood for, but I know that they showed horror movies a lot. This is a channel where I could watch shit like Gremlins. Well, not Gremlins. Critters. Uh, the ripoff. Um, where I could watch... What about Ghoulies? Uh, Leprechauns. I'm pretty sure I could watch Ghoulies. Uh, and where I could watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. I watched this when I was a kid to try and get myself over my fear of clowns. And it did not work. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't. Killer Clowns Matter Space is not the kind of thing that you watch to go like, yeah, clowns, they're fun, right? Yeah, let's watch this movie. I was <laughs> expecting like a goofy, shitty horror movie. And it is. Yeah. But it, it's well done enough that I was actively freaking out. Yeah, Killer Clowns Matter Space is a movie that was made to kind of 
throw back to like the 1950s style, real cheesy bullshit horror movies back then. Yeah, and it was it was very well done. Oh yeah, the fucking like, movie is fantastic. If you haven't if you haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, go fucking see that. Like it is well worth a watch, and I think there are ways to see it. Yeah, uh, uh, you keep talking about it. I'll go try to find them. And also, UPN, but, UPN stood for United Paramount Network. Well, there you go. But um, so the basic premise from Killer Clowns from Outer Space is in the title. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a very self-explanatory movie. Basically, a UFO lands in the middle of the woods, and, like, I think our main character sees it. I can't remember, because I watched this, like, a week ago. But our main character sees it come down, and is like, that's weird! And, of course, goes to investigate, sees the alien clowns, freaks out, and tries to report it, and no one listens to him. As you do. Yeah. So... Like, attacks happen, people get kidnapped and put into, like, cotton candy. And, like, the clowns stick straws into the cotton candy and suck out our blood or something like that. So, like, they're vampire alien clowns, too. Something like that. Shit's weird. Uh, so, anyway, just for reference, um, if you have Amazon Prime Video, you can watch it there. And you can also just buy it on Blu-ray for, like, 20 bucks. It is worth the money. If you like if you like weird, goofy kind of stuff, it is well up your alley. If you like MST3K shit, you'll like this. Um, I highly recommend it because it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it is. Um... Well, let's see. Uh, like, there's a running gag with like an ice cream truck. I'm not quite sure the whole like the whole gag, but like I think like some people were trying to just make some money, so like they were like, "Yeah, we got an ice cream truck," because that's how you make money in the '50s. Air quotes. Yeah, and actually, like they actually use it to destroy. Like, they, like the clowns have a super giant evil clown. And they destroy it with an ice cream truck. Yep. Yeah, they do. This this movie's this uh, movie's great. Oh, uh, uh, my mistake. Um, sorry. The giant clown is defeated by uh, a police star to his giant fucking nose. Yeah, that's right. The noses were like weak spots. Right, or yeah, something. yeah. You, you shoot the nose, and it fucking explodes in glitter. Then they die. Yeah, yeah, oh my god. It was so dumb. And the main character's name is Mike Tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. Like, it is so worth the watch. I, I have it on DVD, so. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, it's, it's so worth the watch, though. It is so worth it. Yeah, just just <coughs> for some reference here, actually, because this is actually kind of interesting. Uh, so the Chio- so the movie's made by the Chioto brothers, uh, Charles Stephen and Aunt- Charles Stephen and Edward, uh, and yeah, they did that. But they also did the um, they also like made a lot of the puppet and special effects for Critters, Team America, World Police, and Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they're <laughs> great. They are fucking stellar. Yeah, and 
it was it might not have hurt me because about like just talking over stuff. Sorry if yeah, my coughing is annoying you guys. Uh, I had the flu not too long ago, and now I'm in the middle of a post-flu cough, which will be lasting anywhere from tomorrow to uh, 16 May. 16 years from now. Yeah, just I talk at certain points with certain voices, and it just triggers a fucking cough. <coughs> I try to back away from the microphone <laughs> <coughs> when it happens, but sometimes I can't get away. Man, looking at the IMDb for Killer Clowns from Outer Space has me looking at other movies that I want to rewatch. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the rabbit hole, motherfucker. Yeah. Fucking Pumpkinhead in the Blob. <laughs> Not the original Blob. Yeah, the 90s the, Blob. Uh, the remake of the Blob. Yeah, the... Uh, like, the original's great, too, but the remake's just goofier, in my was opinion. Was that Kevin Dillon? I cannot recall. But yeah, like, I remember. I remember, like with the with the with the original yeah, Blob. Yeah, it is Kevin Dillon. Okay, it is yeah, Kevin Dillon. Yeah, with the original Blob, it was like it was like classic nineteen fifties cheese. But then you get into the nineties one, and it just goes fucking hard. Like, I remember one of the first deaths where like the Blob is like going inside the guy, and as he's screaming, you can see like the face contort behind all the fucking Blob shit. As his arm is just, you just see the inside of the goop, and all of his shit is just slowly melting away as a person rips his arm off trying to pull him out of it. Oh my. god. God, they're making a sequel to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh. Oh. It's got the same uh, lead actor. Yeah, but. It, I don't, and I don't, the same director. I don't know, man. Shit just fucking. And this, the same writers. These goddamn people. <laughs> We make these fucking movies like 20, 30 fucking years after the original came out. And it's like, yeah, we're going to capture that same spirit. And they just fucking don't. I'm willing to give it a, tra- a chance. I'll probably give I it a chance. I was trying to see what else might I have seen this guy in, the lead. Yeah, Grant Kramer. And I don't think I've seen him in anything. Yeah, no. It's essentially been... Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and then nothing of note. Oh, I've seen him in uh, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, okay then. I don't even need to check. I know I've seen that episode. Well, okay then. And that is it. Wow. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is all of is the only thing of real merit that I have seen him in. Well, I mean, his, <laughs> his first big break was Killer Clowns Matter Space. Can you really blame him for not having a career after that? Yeah, anyway. Hell, his girlfriend has had more of a career than him. <laughs> like his real life girlfriend or the girlfriend in the movie? The girlfriend in the movie. Okay, uh, yeah, Suzanne something. Snyder. Suzanne Snyder. Yeah, she was in Weird Science. Oh, and shit. Return of the Living Dead. Oh, shit. And uh, she she was on two episodes of Seinfeld. Man, Return of the Living Dead is the weirdest fucking movie. She was also on Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote, where the cast of Killer Clowns from Outer Space comes to sit. Yeah, but like, you've... 
you know what you know what the deal is with fucking um with Return of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, just for anyone who doesn't know, Return of the Living Dead is a is the first movie in the Return of the Living Dead franchise that was made because some fucking dude uh, swindled the rights of of the Living Dead away from George Romero somehow, and then started making movies based on that. So that's why the first movie is Night of the Living Dead, and then it's Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, as I thought we're talking about something else. Yeah, and so Return of the Living Dead is also the movie that popularized the idea of zombies going brains. Like that wasn't a thing till Return of the Living Dead, a movie that. Nobody except people like us know about. Yeah. Ah, it, it like that's actually an amazing bit of just culture. Yeah. Like it, it always amazes me. Uh, whenever holy shit, Christopher Titus was in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> Like, I was just, and it's listed on his known for. <laughs> it's on his known for. What the fuck kind of world do I live in? Oh my god. I didn't even real. Oh, wow. Wow. But back to the, like, the clowns were fucking terrifying in Killer Clowns. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Yeah, like I said, the Chodos, like, they were, pre- like, they were, they were effects guys. They were visual and, they were visual effects and puppeteering and stuff. They, they made, the, they made those fucking puppets. And they were fucking terrifying. Yeah, dude. Like, again, I watched this to try and cure my fear of clowns. <laughs> All I succeeded in was se- was seeding that fear even deeper inside me. Yeah, just oh let's man, the this. fucking scene where the clown has his hand up the uh, up the police commissioner's ass and is using him like a puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they oh. killed they killed the police commissioner who well killed killed the sheriff around there who could not give half a fuck about anything that's happening in this goddamn town. Yeah, he was a terrible sheriff. Yeah, like people kept calling in as like, hey, there's a fucking clown who just ate my dog. And it's like, oh, a clown did? Oh, well, God, that's fucking real funny bozo. And then he hangs up the phone and then goes back to fucking drinking. He spent his entire time on screen not believing anyone. Yeah, and arresting the people who were running for their lives away from the killer clowns. Which is why it was great to see him killed. Yeah, he, he, just, he got his all fucking gut ripped out, and then the fucking clown stuck his hand up his back and made him into a fucking ventriloquist dummy to talk through. It was so fucking creepy. So good. Like, like, this movie is goofy and silly, but in the right mindset, it is also terrifying. Because those clown puppets are amongst the scariest things I have ever seen, and I just realized that I'm going to see this when I fall asleep tonight. It is a fantastic horror comedy that everyone should see. That's all I've got. All right, then. Moving on to me. Uh, so let's start out with, uh, with with the weird thing. Aquaman. Okay, I thought you were going to try and t- uh, try and get me talking about your porn uh, watches again. Nope. We're saving that for a different podcast. Patreon.com. That's no problem. Let's fap.
<laughs> I, I think write that I think down. I killed Dead Man again. Write that down. That is. We get some. We get someone contributing fifty dollars to the Patreon. <laughs> oh God damn it! So. Aquaman. I know exactly what movie we have to watch too. Okay then. We'll save that. We'll save that for when that happens. So, Aquaman. If you've heard me talking to the, talk about anything Justice League universe related, either on here or with Birdie and Nico on comics or somewhere else, then you'll know that I'm not exactly the biggest fan of Jason Momoa's interpretation of Aquaman. Or as I yeah, you call him a dude, bro, constantly. Yeah, or as I've officially come to call him, Aquabra. So yeah, like I like I like Aquaman. Like Aquaman is a fun, interesting character to me, and the literal nonstop the same joke over and over again. Anytime anybody mentions Aquaman. Is just fucking really depressing to me. Aquaman is a badass, awesome character, and he was ruined by the 1950s Justice League show. Yes. The Super Friends. So. So seeing Aquaman like, get seeing Aquaman get like, you know. Live action stuff and get it and have that have that have that like have actual money be put behind it. I'm just like, okay, yes, this is a good thing. And Jason Momoa, I like Jason Momoa. He is a he is an incredibly charismatic actor with admittedly a fairly limited range. He essentially plays either I am big and stern, or I am I am big, stern, and don't talk, or I am big and charismatic. That's about it that he can really pull off with any kind of. Real. That's the only thing he can realistically pull off to me. I have only seen him pull off I am big and can't talk, so I'll have to take your word for it. Stargate Atlantis. He was one of the main characters. Yeah, he was Ronan, one of the main characters from season three onward of Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, right? Yeah, I can see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, so having him be Aquaman, I was like, Okay. Like, it wasn't the worst decision I'd heard from DC about their fucking extended universe stuff, but it wasn't, like, something I was, like, super down for. It was a, okay, let's see where this goes. Then the trailers came out, and I was just like, oh, no. It's just Ronan, but with a fucking trident. (laughs) See, my absolute favorite version of Aquaman is the Justice, um, Justice League United version. Okay. Because he, he he was humanized by the fact that he was a family man. But he was also someone so badass that he would chop his hand off with his belt buckle to save his child. Yeah, yeah, he did that. Like, uh, no, not United, Unlimited, my mistake. Yeah, justly animated. Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking great. 
And I can and but, I actually I actually heard some people go like, oh, yeah, they're, they're just fucking like trying to edge up the character. No, that's how he is. Like that's who Aquaman always has been. Yeah, he's, edge up the character, my ass. Yeah, he's you a, guys only know him from fucking the fifties. Yes, and not even not even like a not even like like actually know him from the fifties. They know him from jokes made about him in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, but yeah, so. Then we got the new Aquaman movie, and <sighs> it's a real fucking three-star movie. Yay! That's one of the best movies DC's put out in years. Yeah, like, it is, it can be fun. It can be creative. Like, James Wan and the visual effects team, they made the most out of the fact that the majority of this movie is set underwater. Like, there's this big fucking, um, like, arena fight scene that happens in the middle of the movie. And I assumed that it would just be like, all right, these two guys are on a ring. And they're going to stand there and fight. And that's going to be it. Because that's about the amount, the, that, that's about the level of fucking faith I have in the fucking DC people. But no, they actually try to do stuff. They have them fucking, like, flying around the fucking water, smacking the shit of each other. And the fact that the entire fight scene was choreographed around tridents. Like that's another thing. They they actually feel the need to kind of like justify in world why they're using tridents. Cool. Which the reason is because the royal family of Atlantis has always used tridents. Tridents is tridents. A trident is the weapon of a king. Huh. I like that. Yeah. And then we get some visual. And then we get some visual metaphor happening there with the tridents because in the middle because the middle of the fight uh, in the first fight between um, Orm and. Uh, Aquaman, uh, Orm slashes his fucking uh, trident in half. And at like, the beginning of the fight, he's like, my trident has no many battles and never known defeat. Then you go to the, and then it's like, oh, my, my fucking trident got broke. And then fucking, they escape. Then you get to the end, it's another big trident fight. And he shattered, and Aquaman hits his, hits his trident, and it shatters into fucking a million pieces. Nice. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. That's, that's all right. That is more than I expected from this fucking movie. <laughs> And, and like when Jason Momoa is able to just kind of be Jason Momoa, he is still incredibly charismatic. Like like in, in the opening fight scene, uh he he like you know breaks into the fucking submarine push to come aboard all that shit. And the entire fight scene, I'm just like, hey, he's this is this is fun. Like not only is not only does it have like really interesting camera work, like a lot of the fight scenes of this actually have really interesting cinematography. And like you know, more weird angle action cams and like following different things. Like uh, there's this one really big fight scene in, the, in like the in like a house where essentially it's like this one like big long shot take of just Nicole Kidman just stabbing motherfuckers with a trident. <laughs> nice. And it's all done like one. It's all done like one kind of seemingly unbroken, just kind of like sweeping pan shot around the entire living room as, as like fucking stormtroopers break through the walls, then just get stabbed in the face. And it's neat. That, that shit is fucking cool. And the same kind of thing in this, where it's the kind of thing in the like submarine fight, where he like is fucking like knock like he like rips off one of the fucking hatches, like like the like the hatch in one of the things, just fucking throws it at a dude to knock his head like knock his fucking block off. Walks into the room, slams the door into another guy who's hiding behind the door and knocks him out. Is doing all that shit. Um 
And it all is just really fucking fun, like really fun action, really interesting and well set up and choreographed action. Um, story wise, it's kind of an origin story. Because on the one hand, Aquaman is set up as a thing. He is like the events of Justice League happened. And people know who Aquaman is. Well, they know that Aquaman is a thing, I mean. Mm-hmm. Like on news reports, there'll be people like going, who is Aquaman? But then everybody in fucking Amnesty Bay knows who Aquaman is, and they're fucking cool with him. Like one of the, one of the early scenes is like when he meets his dad after fucking fighting off Black Manta before he became Black Manta. Why you gotta be black? Because he is. I know, I'm just... It, it's never mind. Anyway, yeah, after fighting, after fighting off Black Manta before he became Black Manta, uh, he goes with his dad to the bar. Uh, by the way, his dad's played by Django Fett. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and then a bunch of fucking big trucker dudes come up and go like, hey, you're that guy that talks to fish. Oh, Lord. And then he pulls out a very effeminate pink cell phone and goes, hey, can we do a selfie? Kind of like a local hero of ours. Oh, that's adorable. Takes a picture and it's actually, it's actually great. Like the first picture is just him looking at this guy like, what the fuck is happening? And the picture's progressing. It's more comfortable until the point that he's lifted up by those guys that are all drinking beers. And, and yeah, when Jason Momoa is in that mode, he is a lot of fun. But then, he, but the thing is, he spends most of the movie with Amber Heard, who isn't a great actress. Oh no! Like she's not terrible, but she's not the best. And when paired up with Jason Momoa, it's like trying to cause a chemical reaction between a rock and a rock. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be they're supposed to be developing this relationship over the course of the fucking. Over the course of the movie, because unlike the majority of superheroes in comics, Aquaman actually has a relatively healthy relationship with his wife. Yeah. And Mera is fucking dope as hell. Hot as hell, too. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, she's a comic character. Anyway, moving on from that. uh, Yeah, just, just the two of them together have... Basically no chemistry, and it kind of forces Jason Momoa into a into a into a range of acting that he does not have, which is to say, like acting. <laughs> Harsh. Jason Momoa is like The Rock. Okay, he is a big, charismatic motherfucker who largely just plays himself. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Like, nothing Uh, against Jason Momoa. If I were to meet him, and he didn't beat the fuck out of me for saying all this horrible shit about him, he'd be a fun dude to hang out with. He doesn't really have the acting chops to be able to pull off anything other than what he is. Which is just a fucking hulking mass of very charming people. Just, 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 just this fucking man. He's, he's like if he took two really, it's like if he took two really charming guys, went to the gym and mushed them into a single person. 
So the guy who actively helps you on the machine instead of the guy who's staring at himself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you were to go to the gym, he'd. If you were to go to the gym and you were trying to do deadlifts or whatever, he'd spot you and give you pointers. I do, dude. You're lifting too much for yourself right now. We, I can tell by how you're struggling. I yeah. know it feels like you should go big or go home, but you don't want to injure yourself. Yeah, no, Start we'll drop small work up. Yeah, no, we'll drop we'll drop it down by like ten pounds. We'll do some more reps. Yeah, are you trying to get toned or you want to punch through a brick wall? That's the first question, man. Yeah, what is your goal? What are you looking for here? <laughs> I know been... the best part. What's that? I have had that guy talk to me. <laughs> oh. But then I looked at him and I was like, dude, started benching 300 pounds. I got this. <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, okay. I just thought because, you know, I'm fat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's cool. I got like a free day at the gym recently, so I went and did that. Huh. I once was inside a gym. <laughs> that's where my driving course was. I'm going to be good looking before too much longer. I won't be. But luckily, I don't do video. So. Yeah, once I'm good looking, expect absolutely no video. <laughs> no, no, once it gets good looking, it's going to be like where Borderlands videos just be ab cam. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Borderlands 3. Games podcast. We'll talk about it there. Yeah, that's happening. Anyway. Uh... Yeah, the rest of the cast, um, they the one who kind of gives it the most is Black is Black Manta, and it's kind of adorable. Oh, just, he is trying so fucking hard, <laughs> just giving it every little fucking ounce that he goddamn has, trying to sell this thing. Paired up against. Jason Momoa and Amber Heard. Two actors who, when together, they try sometimes. And it's actually kind of hilarious. Like, like they... I'm, I'm not quite sure how to put this, but, like, I, I appreciate the amount they put into his motivation for wanting to kill Aquaman. Okay. Because the beginning of the movie starts out with a scene that is entirely him and his dad. Like, because he is, he and his dad are pirates. But not regular pirates, they're high-tech pirates. Who have a fucking, like, who have a fucking, like, stealth submarine that they use to hijack a bigger, more traditional submarine. That's awesome. Yeah, they get down there. They take fucking everybody out. Lock the rest of the crew up in a fucking like little, in like in like the, in just some kind of a different area of the ship. And then as they're doing along, as they're going along, uh, his his dad like stop. His dad like kind of stops everything and just says, "Hey man, this is your heist. We're fucking fuck, do this. You put this together. This I'm proud of you, son." And then actually tells him this fucking life. It actually tells him this fucking lifelong like this old story. He pulls this old knife of his. And gives it and goes to give it to his kid, and is and he's like, oh come on, that old piece, that old piece of junk. You never, you never, you never, you never let go of it. And then he tells him the story about how his dad was one of the how he, like his grandpa 
was one of the first frogmen in World War II, and he swam so good that people called him the Manta, and this is a fucking, like, Damascus knife with a Manta carved into the fucking blade. Oh, fuck Nuggets, that's awesome. Yeah, then he passes it on to him, and then he, once he realizes once he realizes the gravitas, he immediately is like, yes, this is fucking sick, I love you, Dad. And then Aquaman throws a torpedo at him. But the torpedo isn't what the torpedo isn't technically what kills him. The torpedo oh, tra- the torpedo traps him because it because it wasn't actually primed or anything. It just like kind of pins him down, traps him to sinking submarine, and then to force his son to leave him alone to die, he pulls out a grenade. Ah, yeah, and so and so then so then his fucking so then his son goes down the hallway, dives in dives into the water as the grenade goes off. Blowing up his dad and thus making and thus making a lifelong blood feud between these two characters. Yeah, I that's awesome. I just like that is a good fucking setup for a villain. And it. I'm feeling a bit kind of conflicted on it because on the one hand, like, I just like that as a setup. But on the other hand, it's still the thing of like, hey, yeah, DC heroes, they just leave people to die a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I could, I could buy Aquaman. Yeah, like I, I could I mean? buy Aquaman, but not like this. It's very like, like, he, like he throws a torpedo at him, sees him pinned and and like Black Manta is Begging him for help. Like on his knees, trying to lift this fucking torpedo and just saying, please help me. And then he just says, you can get out. Bye. And leaves. That just feels like a bit much. Like for this version of Aquaman, it makes sense. But for Aquaman as a whole, I'm not super sure on it. I mean, Aquaman did give Black Manta autism, but I think that's a different beast. Wait, what? Yeah, I think Aquaman at one point gave Black Manta autism, or like Aqu- or like Black Manta had autism. There's a weird history with Black Manta and autism. It's a whole thing. I think I get, yeah, I get more in detail on it in the comics podcast, so you can go listen to that. But anyway, uh, so yeah, like the only other real like downside of the movie outside of our two leads, which is a bit of a downside, is largely the special effects. Like when they when they're going for the insane like big scale shit, like the crab people living in the fucking deep, the fucking uh. The trench, the, the the creatures from the trench, the giant monsters, like these these massive underwater cities that look fucking incredible. That all looks fine, but then they tried to like put real people into it, and it looks a bit uncanny valley, especially the <laughs> hair. Well, that's always the best place, isn't it? Hell, even out of the water, the hair looks weird. Because with Amber Heard, I can't tell if it's just a really bad wig or a bad dye job of her real hair. And Nicole Kidman, I think, has, like, dreadlocks. 
which is weird. Yeah, like this this movie is fine. This movie is 100% okay. If you watch it, you will have fun. So long as you don't try to watch it too much like a real movie. Like if you watch this movie for production design and the occasional bit of Jason Momoa just being himself, that's cool. And like as an Aquaman fan, I I just kind of like that we got the best phys- the best like representation of Aquaman's costume in live action. Like it looks his costume looks fucking great. He looks great as Aquaman. And they and like some real effort was put into this. It's just the, the effort didn't necessarily translate to the some of the more important aspects of the, making the film. So yeah, Aquaman, check it out. It's I think right now the best DC live action movie yeah. of the DC extended universe. Once it's free for streaming, I might. Yeah. So then, uh, that's all I really watched for movies. I haven't really. I've been meaning to watch a lot of movies. Like I have a bunch of stuff in the queue. I just haven't watched it because I fucking suck. Yeah, let's move on from there. Um, so I also watched the first episode of a couple TV shows. Uh, one episode of this, one of the first episode of the second season. I'll get to that later. But other one is a uh, Whiskey Cavalier. In. It's bad. Like, really bad. So it is a, I believe, a espionage procedural kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah, so we're kind of following two characters. The, these are our leads. Um, one of them is an FBI agent, named uh, codenamed Whiskey Cavalier. Real name is Will. And the other one is a CIA agent codenamed Fiery Tango or Fiery Tribute or something. It's Fiery Tribute, I think. Her name is Frankie. Anyway, the first episode, uh, uh, Will, our main character, he is getting over a breakup in Paris. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, but then that, but then that, wallowing in his own self pity, gets interrupted when they have to stop a fucking guy from selling horrible viruses on the black market in a fucking French cemetery. You know, mm. like the FBI does. In a French cemetery. Yeah, like I. This may just be. This may just be like a horrible misinterpretation. You might you might know more being that you are American. But from what I understand, isn't the FBI like domestic law enforcement and the CIA international information? Like international intelligence gathering? Uh I believe that is what is the intent, yes. So Okay, so then why are both the FBI and the CIA agents the exact same? In the way they operate and the way that they do their job in this fucking show. Um, because they tend to get into pissing matches. Yeah, get into pissing matches. I don't ma- understand why they're both in France. That would be the CIA at best. 
Yeah, like if we were called in. Yeah, like like, like this whole fucking thing is it's like they wanted to have two competing espionage agencies, but they didn't want to go through the effort of actually making up their own. So they just took, oh yeah, the CIA, and who do they know, and who do they not like? Oh, the FBI. Fuck it. It's not even that they dislike each other; it's that they both want the credit for solving the case. Yeah, yes. I said it. Yes, but in in the world of fiction, as we all know, every government agency with a three act with a fucking like three letter fucking name. They don't like other agencies with three letter names. The C- yeah, the CIA is all like, "Hey, you FBI are just fucking regular cops," and the FBI is like, "Hey, you fucking spooks." Yeah, that's, which is kind of racist, I much. think. Or if it isn't, it sounds kind of racist. But anyway, yeah, the, like, this first episode is just. It's just yeah, they went. They both of them are in fucking Europe, trying to fucking get a guy who stole some fucking who stole some fucking national secrets or whatever. And they're both like, "I'm gonna get him." No, I'm gonna get him. Fuck you. No, I'm gonna get him. Fuck you. That's it. That's the entire fucking episode. And then by the end of it, it's like, "Hey, you two are now gonna be working together." It's a joint but, task force. But I can't work with him. He's an asshole. But I can't work with her. She's a she. He's a fibber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck this show. Like I've, I haven't even watched it and I already agree with you. Like, I've fucking talked. A, I've, t- I've talked to some degree about goddamn. It's like by the numbers fucking procedural dreck. Like I talked about the rookie. I've talked about deception and I've watched more than one episode of all, both of those shows before I gave up because they were too terrible. This got me in one and that's saying something, I think. So I guess good on you. Fucking whatever network this is. CBS probably. Uh, could be USA. Now nah, this feels right. this feels too devoid of charm to be not to be USA. Mm. Look, mm. Modern USA has some issues. Okay, fair. I'm only really I'm only really and familiar I'm with about like the TV station, not the country. Yeah, I'm only really familiar with like Psych Era USA and Mr. Robot. So I'm not exactly the I'm not exactly the guy to ask about the current state of the USA network. <laughs> All right, what the fuck is this? ABC. Oh, there you go. There we fucking go. Uh but yeah, so fuck the show. Don't watch it ever. It's bad. It should be canceled. Fuck all of you working on the show. Nah. Your show's bad. Fuck you. Uh, but a show that is not bad. And show Your that show's I am, bad and you should feel bad. Meh. Yeah. Meh. But a show that is not bad and is, in fact, quite good. And a show that I am really glad is now back for its second season. I'm all fucking happy. Yes, I love happy. Happy was a fucking breath of goddamn fresh air when it came out originally. And it is one of the few things, just period, where I'm like, this is better than the book it's based on. 
because it is based off of a Grant Morrison comic book. For those who don't know, Happy is about Nick Sachs, former cop turned mafia hitman who is enlisted by his daughter's imaginary friend, a flying blue horse named Happy, to rescue her from a Santa Claus who kidnapped her and is going to do horrible things to her. The comic was gritty and dark and didn't have a whole lot of like the extra shit going on from what I remember. I remember it largely just being Nick says fuck a lot. Then Happy's like, hey, we gotta save your fucking kid. And they do. But then you get into Happy the show and they lean way harder into the more absurd and ludicrous side of things. They bring in fucking bring people back from the dead and literal demons and shit. Uh, they make the, they make the very bad Santa into this like and like this other, like this otherworldly almost kind of fucking figure. They lean heavy on the fact that Nick is basically immortal. Okay. Like, like that's the thing. Nick Nick Sachs should be dead. The series starts with him having a heart attack. And mm. and like and like he gets to these situations where he fucking is like we're in these situations where he should die and just doesn't. Like in in the first episode, he gets like he is tied down to a fucking table with like wrist straps and stuff. The way he gets out of it is having a circular saw go into his wrist so he can slick up his fucking wrist and pull it out of the restraint, then use his own arterial blood spray to blind a guy to kill him. Like, Nick gets fucked up. But he doesn't really die. And it works almost like off, off, off cartoon logic. Where just all this really bad shit happens to him. And for a second he reacts, but he's basically fine. So, could he just be dead? I don't think so. Given that there are, like... Given, given given what is going on in the world, uh, it seems like he is just it seems like he is just very hard to kill. Yes, that first season, uh, it goes through it all. It has this big conspiracy theory involving this big conspiracy involving Sunny Shines, who is a like children's entertainer whose show is weirdly sexual. But then it turns out he's also a crime boss called Mr. Bug who dresses in a giant bug latex outfit and hangs out in a fuck pit. And that, like, the mascot characters on his show, you take off their head and it's just a weird fucking flesh lump. Oh, great. I'm not sure I want to watch the show anymore. It is fantastic, dude. It just gets weird. Not sure I want to watch it anymore. But yeah, show all, show all happens. Uh, I can't really talk about the second season, which just started recently without really spoiling the first season. Uh, so I will. So, hey, spoiler alert. The kid he's trying to save doesn't die. <gasps> no, I know, right? But anyway, so. Yeah, second se- season two opens up with a bunch of nuns. Um. In like a little circle, praying, and they're all strapped up with suicide bomber vests. Then one nun just fucking gets starts sprinting. And they're all just running around, and they 
and the and this young nun ends up finding what they were looking for, which is an egg. Cracks it open and inside is a little remote. Hits the button, at which point all of the other nuns explode. Yay. So just middle of New York City, right at, right like the the week before Easter, just a bunch of nuns just fucking explode. Uh, turns out that this was all set up by a guy in a latex rabbit suit who had told all the nuns that should that like should they find like the one who finds the egg like like there was a switch out there they'd go and get the switch and then the switch would only blow up the vest of the person who found the switch every other nun would survive so they were competing to save each other? Yes. That is some dark shit, and I need to use that in a game. Yeah, it's great. Um, and so, yeah, that is, that's just kind of the big, that's kind of just the overarching thing, along with the fact that Sunny Shines is now in good with the Vatican, trying to give Easter a facelift. What? Do you ever see Dogma? Yes, I've seen Dogma. Remember that remember that Catholicism Now movement? Yes. That's basically what Sunny Shines wanted to do to Easter. He wanted to make Easter the new Christmas. Oh no. And it was really weird of him in like, you know, his full like like he had like his like full show makeup on, but then he was also wearing like a bejeweled and like very decked out fucking like cardinal outfit in the Vatican. And the Pope's like, yeah, I'm down. No. Yeah, it's cool. No, now I feel dirty. Meanwhile, Nick Sachs is trying to get his life back on track. He is spending time with his kid. He is trying to be a better dad. He has been not drinking. He has been not smoking, not doing drugs, and he has stopped killing people. Uh, but now he, uh, in order to help, like, kind of ease some of those things, he has taken to essentially downing three bottles of, like, mint breath spray because there's alcohol in it. Oh, good lord. And he is uh, crashing at houses that his uh, former cop partner is trying to sell since she has left the force and has become a real estate agent. Lovely. And Happy is there. Like, Happy is trying to help Nick stay on the straight and narrow. He's trying to help Nick, like, just kind of get his life back on track. Meanwhile, Happy is aging. What? Yeah, this imaginary horse now has, like, longer hair on, like, the on, like the side of his cheeks and his head. And he's growing armpit hair. What? <laughs> I don't know, man. They haven't explained that yet. There is not enough heroin in this world. Yeah, and then things get ridiculous as Nick gets fucking thrown back into some weird fucking conspiracy that's happening uh, that involves Sonny Shine because he's the one who technically was responsible for kidnapping his daughter. Because the big conspiracy for the season one was very bad Santa was working with Sonny Shines to kidnap kids, doll them up, and then sell them to the highest bidder. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, it gets bad. Uh, and then, and then just somewhere else in prison, uh, one of the main bad guys, a uh, Mr. Blue, uh, the kind of like main mafia antagonist from the first season, 
Uh, he's in prison and has a demon in him. Just he has a, just has a demon in him. Does this world have any fucking rules? I, just, I feel like I have to ask this. Mm. Mostly. Are you sure? It seems to have Cause... rules for it seems to have rules for everybody who aren't the main characters. So no, it doesn't have rules. Like if you shoot someone, they'll still die unless they're Nick or very bad Santa. And there is some weird logic behind imaginary friends that I haven't really gotten a hold of yet cuz they cuz they are like they are separate entities. Like the imaginary friends exist outside of their friend, outside of their real life people to an extent. Like in the first season, Happy goes to a support group for imaginary friends who've been abandoned by their kids. Okay. And people with imaginary friends can see other people's imaginary friends sometimes. It depends on kind of the person. Like, Very Bad Santa could see Happy. No one else can. Like, getting into the second season, Haley, the kid who made Happy, can't see Happy anymore. Only Nick can. But Happy, in the first season, does coke. Yes, because it's a happy, lovey, go lucky, fucking. Uh... So he does, so he does coke by accident. To be fair, yeah, Nick is at Nick's at a poker table, and there's coke on the table. Uh, he then flips the table up and causes coke <coughs> to fly into the air, and Happy flies through some of it, and then goes fucking nuts. And then at the end of it, he's like, uh, "Never again." Oh, it's too much. <laughs> like, yeah, the show can get dark and fucking brutal and shit. It can also be just incredibly fun and energetic. Like this, this, this is kind of a your mileage may vary kind of thing, but it is a. I really enjoy this fucking show. It's on Netflix. If you want to check it out, I don't tend to be a fan of the darker side of things because the world's already miserable enough without me making myself even more miserable. This uh, won't ma- this won't make you miserable. Are you sure? Because the happy-go-lucky sure. unicorn fucking does coke and has to go through separation anxiety because he lost his little girl no, no, who so, might get sold to the highest bidder. So he doesn't go through separation anxiety. And he spends the entire time like trying to stay upbeat and like, actually is, for the most part, happy. Like Him doing cocaine isn't like, oh, I've hit rock bottom, I need to do coke. It was, I accidentally got coke in me, and now I'm going to bounce off the walls like, what, like fucking R- Roger Rabbit drinking coffee. Like, it works a lot on cartoon logic. And the more darker side of humanity is, while part of the plot, secondary to the weird shit happening. If that makes any sense. I'm just going to stay over here in like my little happy-go-lucky universe. Come on, it's don't be a pansy. Enough. It's miserable enough in the real world. I just yes, had to, to go through more... like two weeks of that shit. Yes, turn into the skid. That's how you stay sane. 
You're claiming to be sane. Because that's how you stay functional. I believe that more. <laughs> yeah, the second I said it, I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> anyway. That's what we're watching then. News-wise, it's fucking, it, everything's on fire. Who cares? Uh, yeah, my throat is about to give out, so it's just fucking new releases. Fucking this week, Dumbo. You know Dumbo? The movie that I didn't want to watch as a kid? Yeah, I know Dumbo. Yeah, but guess what? Now it's back. Now it is back with fucking Tim Burton and Colin Farrell and Danny DeVito. Oh, all of the fucks. They have not been given. You want to see an elephant be sad, but this time it looks like a real elephant? Not really. Well, too bad. Disney, bitch. Remember when they were like a creative, inventive company that quote-unquote broke new ground a lot of the time by just ripping off stuff that was in public domain before they killed the public domain? Yes. I remember them doing the rip off the public domain part. Yes, well now they have gotten even more creatively bankrupt and are just making their own shit again. Keep the keep the fucking keep the dream alive, Disney. Also coming out this week, a movie I have not heard of, and I now know why I haven't heard of it. Uh a movie called Unplanned. It's about Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Soak in the soak in the horribleness. Yeah, just I get the feeling one of these days I'm just gonna spiral and I'm gonna go all fucking uh evil Timmy Turner's dad after Timmy steals his trophy. <laughs> So who's your Dinkelberg? Lost the now? happy, but the happy is back. So who's your Dinkelberg? Is it me? No. Okay. It's James. Fair. <laughs> but speaking of happy, fucking next week. Next goddamn week. Shazam, baby. I'm looking forward to that. I cannot wait to fucking see that movie. That looks like it actually might be a fun superhero rant. I know those don't really exist anymore. Yeah, I have heard. I don't want to talk about too loud about it because they might realize that they made a mistake and remove it. But I have heard nothing but fucking great things about this goddamn movie. And I'm just really happy. I like Captain Marvel. Which is what I will keep calling him because fuck you, DC. You can't control well, actually, me. That was Marvel who did that bullshit. I'm I'm aware, but still, DC. No, like here's the thing: DC for years continued to name him Captain Marvel. They made the choice to change his name to Shazam because they lost the lawsuit. They lost a lawsuit back in the '80s. Really? Yes, they lost a lawsuit fucking decades ago, which meant which mean which meant that they couldn't print, print the name Captain Marvel on the front of their books. Oh well, then never mind. Fuck you, DC. Yeah, for years, the book was The Power of Shazam, featuring the character Captain Marvel, who got his power from the wizard Shazam. Now, because I am so sh- Oh, God. Oh, God, I didn't even think about what I was doing, but imagine Kazam 
Shaq <laughs> meeting Shazam. <laughs> Imagine the rap battle that would ensue. Oh, God. Zachary Levi and Shaquille O'Neal rap off. Epic rap battles. Do it. Shazam versus Kazam. Get on it, you burnt out fuckers. I have given you a little bit more space to be bankrupt. Come on. Yep. And then also next week, the new Pet Cemetery. You remember Pet Cemetery? Yeah. I didn't enjoy it that much in the first place. Yeah, it's bad. You can check out Birdie and I's uh, uh, Let's Watch of it here on DustorPros.com. But you probably have something better to do with your lives. No, you don't. You're listening to this. True. Yeah. If you hear me say this, you have nothing else going on. Might as well. Donate $50 to our Patreon. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. You want to sound like that, but a bit wetter, right in your fucking ear. <laughs> oh. We'll release our first stereo podcast. Have me in the left ear, you caveman in the right ear. <laughs> oh man. Just... <laughs> You're killing me, Dad. Oh man. Let's do it for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back. Some fucking point more of this shit. <coughs> Until then, I'm dead. And I'm caveman. Well, I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. Yeah,